Welcome, and thank you for joining us on our latest installment of Women at Ropes Talk, a podcast series brought to you by the Women's Forum at Ropes and Gray. I'm Christine Moundis, a healthcare partner at Ropes and Gray based in New York, and I'm co-head of the firm's digital health initiative. On this episode, I'm joined by my colleague, Allison Gao, who's based in Boston. Hi, Allison. To start, could you please introduce yourself and provide an overview of your practice? Sure thing, Christine. I'm in our Capital Solutions and Private Credit Group. I started my career as a finance and bankruptcy lawyer, and right now I typically work with private funds that are doing creative investments that are bespoke or require some special sauce. And who's your special guest that you'll be interviewing on this episode? I'm really thrilled to be interviewing Jenny Walsh, who is an investment professional at Sixth Street Partners. Sixth Street is a $75 billion investment firm with a really broad mandate. They do tons of interesting things, and I've worked with them for many years. And how did you meet and start working together? Well, Jenny is uh, one of the investment professionals on the deals there. We've been working together on financing transactions for quite some time. And what would you say is the most notable thing about Jenny's career? What I've been struck by in chatting with Jenny in the past about her career, and the reason I thought her experience would be great to share in this forum, is how she provides a window into how creative and collaborative it can be to be an investment professional at a large investment fund, particularly where the culture is one that encourages people to grow and take on additional challenges and responsibilities. That's excellent. With that, I'll turn it over to you and Jenny. Hi, Jenny, and thanks very much for being with us today. Can you introduce yourself to our listeners? Sure, happy to. Thanks for having me. My name is Jenny Walsh, and I co-lead the consumer investing team at Sixth Street, which is a large alternative investment firm based in San Francisco. Uh, My responsibilities here range from leading and sourcing new transactions to supporting our existing management teams and investments and continuing to build out our consumer team here. I'm also really involved in a handful of our sports investments. Uh, I'm very proud to be a board member at Bay FC, which is the national women's soccer team we are bringing to the Bay Area in 2024, as well as I'm also involved in our investment in the San Antonio Spurs. On a personal level, I live in San Francisco uh, with my husband and our five-year-old Labradoodle who rules our house. (laughs) That's great. Well, thanks, Jenny. And could you tell us a little bit about how long you've been at Sixth Street and um, the various roles that you've had at the firm? So I joined Sixth Street in 2016 and have been here ever since. I started as an associate and have been with the team through today, which I'm, I'm now a managing director on the team. Through that time, Sixth Street has grown quite rapidly, which has been fun to be a part of. And we've also built a lot of different teams over that time. And about three years ago, um, the partner group approached me about building out our consumer team. We've been doing some very interesting investments within the consumer space opportunistically over time and realized that to get deeper and do more of those interesting deals, we needed to build out a full team. So I spent about a year of my time doing that. And then on the back of that, we decided to invest in resources to build a full team. We hired someone externally named Kayvon Haravi, who is awesome to be my partner in leading the team. And we now have eight people in San Francisco focused on consumer. Wow, that's uh, exciting to be part of a new platform. For those who don't know, like me, what do you mean when you talk about investments in consumer? Like, What kind of investments are you talking about? What would a company be doing to qualify for that kind of title? 
it's a huge market and a really large landscape. I think it can wear a lot of definitions at different firms, but for us, it's any business who interacts with a consumer or whose end market is a consumer. So that can take its shapes in many different ways. It can be a gym that you walk into every day. It can be a restaurant that you eat at. It can be a med spa where you get your Botox, or it can be a more technology enabled business like ClassPass, for example, where you're using the aggregated platform to find a fitness class and then attend that fitness class. So it's really everything from your traditional brick and mortar stores all the way through technology enabled businesses that help enable a consumer transaction. So what led the firm and you to think that forming a consumer-focused business group would make sense? Is, is there a commonality to investments in the consumer space that make it a logical platform? It's a good question, Allison. We've been making consumer investments opportunistically since the beginning of Sixth Street in companies like Spotify and Chobani. And as we thought about where we wanted to build incremental industry teams at Sixth Street, consumer was an obvious area. It's a massive category of GDP, and we found as we dug deeper in the space that many of the businesses had characteristics we love at Sixth Street, regardless of the industry. And that is strong, underwritable unit economics and predictable long-duration cash flows. These attributes gave us conviction to go out and build a bigger team around the sector. It's interesting because the range of deals that you're talking about, it can be things that consumers buy. It can be places that consumers go to enjoy themselves, to recreate and to, you know, to exercise and get fit. It sounds like the commonality is that you're figuring out what appeals to people and what they need. Does that sound correct? That does sound correct. And we like tend to try and one, stay on top of consumer trends, but we try not to call those trends. I think we never try and focus on the fad-oriented businesses, but those that deliver an excellent value proposition to their customer and are giving them a product that they want and need. I think we also try and avoid areas of the sector that can be disintermediated by uh, very big, well-capitalized players like an Amazon or a Walmart. So we've sort of tended into more services-oriented businesses on the brick-and-mortar side or technology-oriented businesses on the tech-enabled side. Well, that is a challenge to try to anticipate what is going to be disrupted by all of the new innovations in the market. Are there any names that you're allowed to say that our listeners might find familiar? Sure. We made a large investment into Milan Laser, which is the largest laser hair removal company in the United States, run by an excellent and talented founder and a really um, amazing broader team. And then we've also invested in a business called Far West, which is the largest Wingstop franchisee within the Wingstop system. Awesome. And, and what about sport? You identified that as another specialty or area of focus. Yes, sports is a very interesting category that's seen a massive inflow of institutional capital over the last few years. My involvement on the sports side has been a fun collaboration with our sports, media, and entertainment team. It's one of the best aspects of working at Sixth Street is that we operate as one team. There's no my team or your team. We all operate together. And we believe to make a great sports investment, you need a very good understanding of the media landscape. But you also need an understanding of consumer preferences. And so operating under our one team culture, our two teams have collaborated on some of the sports investments, which has been very fun. 
I've seen that firsthand just in working with uh, Sixth Street is that people will be folded into the team and then will go back out of the team as their usefulness comes in and out of the transaction. You might have some folks helping you diligence and then they might fade back while the deal is negotiated. It definitely is a seamless uh, looking process from the outside. So what is your day like with your responsibilities how do opportunities come to you and how do you think about evaluating them and structuring them? Give our listeners a sense of what it actually means to do your job. Every day looks a little bit different, which doesn't directly answer your question, but it depends on what's going on in the team, You know what deals we have in our pipeline, if any of them are close to becoming a transaction that we're making a final investment in. But most of my day um, is spent doing outward outreach, whether that's being at conferences, speaking with bankers, flying to meet management teams, as well as supporting and helping underwrite new transactions. So suppose you have a transaction that looks interesting. Do you only do debt? Do you only do equity? How do you think about what kind of investment is the right one for a particular opportunity? I think one of the very unique things about Sixth Street is we have an incredibly flexible mandate. We have set our funds up to really go find the best risk adjusted return within the capital structure. And that can truly be anything from first lien debt to second lien debt to convertible debt, preferred equity, common equity, and everything in between. And I really think that is a secret weapon of Six Streets because it allows me and um, the consumer team to go just find great companies and say, we'd love to invest in your business. What do you actually need? How can we be a solution provider for you? Because we don't have one specific product that we need to sell to you. We just want to put the best investment possible into your business to help you succeed. And so we have a lot of different ways that we can invest, but our job is to go find great companies and be a solution provider for them. It always floors me how diverse your knowledge base and expertise has to be to do a job like yours. Just backing up, how did you get to where you are? What was your education? How did you even decide to go into this kind of a profession? So I went to Notre Dame for college. Um, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I was good at math and science. So I started out as an engineer and that very quickly became clear to me that that was not my passion. And I, I didn't really know what to do. So then I transferred to pre-med and I was very lucky in that I interned my freshman summer at a fast growing startup in my hometown in Fort Lauderdale. I'm still very grateful to that person who gave me that job. They were recently at my wedding, but what they were doing was raising money. And so they allowed me to sit in on some of the meetings that they had very prominent venture capital firms coming through presenting to them. And I remember leaving those meetings saying, oh my goodness, this is such a cool job. You get to meet all these companies, evaluate their business, help them succeed. And so uh, the rest is a bit of history from there. I went back to Notre Dame, changed my major I ultimately had the opportunity to intern at the firm that invested in that business. And then um, from there, did the investment banking route at Morgan Stanley and joined Sixth Street following that. It's kind of exciting to hear about career paths like yours. It's like you didn't know what you wanted to do. You stayed alert, though. You took an opportunity. You didn't know whether it was going to be something that you were really interested in. And then something comes along within that opportunity that sparks your passion. That's such a cool story. So can you talk a little bit about how you got the opportunities that you did? Were there significant decision points that you had or a mentorship or other relationships or resources that influenced you along the way? 
I have always had great mentors who have given me great advice along the way. I would, I would be nowhere without mentors. And I encourage everybody who's listening to go and develop those relationships. I think honestly, the first one started with my dad, who is an excellent mentor and is still one to me today. When I was thinking about post Morgan Stanley, there's all these different investing opportunities. How do I figure out, you know, which one I want? And I think he helped me lay out my priorities, which was a young and hungry team, a growing business in a place where I'd get a lot of different deal repetitions and across a lot of different types of investments. And that's what led me to taking the job at Sixth Street as I saw this team of young partners growing a business rapidly and doing really interesting transactions. Within Sixth Street, I've been very blessed with some really amazing mentors who have pushed me to take on new opportunities, to uh, be a part of building a consumer team, one, pushing me to take the opportunity, and two, supporting me along the way as we've built out our team and are building our brand within the space. Now, so as you develop and increase in responsibility, and frankly, uh, what's expected of you, are there things that you do to keep yourself well-informed about what's going on in your industry or just educated in a way that enables you to spot, oh yeah, this is an opportunity, but now I'm worried that there's an opportunity for another market player to disrupt. Just how do you get smart on all that stuff? I think there's two things. The first is just being fully engaged within your industry. So that's flying to conferences, spending time with management teams, reading all the big publication trades within the industry. I would say interacting with people who are operating businesses day to day in that industry are the conversations that I find most useful. And I never pretend to know more than them because I know that I don't. And so I always try and be a student of their business when I do spend time with them. I would say the second piece of it outside of the industry focus is just the pattern recognition of a Sixth Street deal. One of the things I love about working here, particularly when I was younger, is that all of our committees are open. Whether it's an infrastructure, consumer, or tech deal, everyone is able to show up and listen to the discussion. It provided me this incredible opportunity to see the patterns of what Sixth Street likes about a business, regardless of what industry it's in. I found that the overlap between all these businesses was actually pretty dramatic. Although I operate in the consumer sector today, there are things that Sixth Street likes in all deals that I'm trying to find. Yeah. And being in those committee meetings, I'm sure you got to hear from a lot of senior people with a lot of experience. I mean, that's a great learning opportunity in itself. Definitely. Even as the firm has grown, we still go around the room and everyone gives their perspectives on the opportunity. I believe listening to those perspectives of our founding partner and the deal teams week in and week out were and still are truly invaluable to me. So do you think that you have the personality type that is common for this uh, job? Are you an extrovert, a gregarious person? Is that what it takes to be a successful investment professional? Do you have to be able to go to a cocktail party and immediately be able to strike up a conversation with anyone you meet? That's a great question, Allison, because um, it's been a skill I've developed over time. I am generally a talkative person, but I do still, I think like most people get overwhelmed by a cocktail reception full of people that I don't know. And so it's a skill that you have to develop. One of my favorite mentors, her name is Maggie Wilderotter. She's really talented, always says networking is work. 
And so thinking about it as this is a skill that I need to develop and it gets easier and easier. And as you get to know more and more people, you know, you start to build relationships with them and then people are familiar and you go to these things and you know, five or six people, and then, you know, 10 or 15 people. And so I I think there's this common misconception sometimes that people are just super extroverts and everything is so easy for them when they go to these big industry events. But I think there are very few people who that's actually their core skill set, but you kind of need to think about it as this is my job and I'm going to improve on this every single day, or at least that's how I think about it. And do you think that you're by nature a cautious person or a person who likes to take risks or have you cultivated a particular personality type along that spectrum in order to succeed at what you do? Doing this job, you need to have the right balance of both skepticism and doing your work and doing your diligence and making sure you are understanding what truly makes the business tick and understanding all the key risks that are inherent in any investment. Because if you can't find risk in investment, you're probably not looking hard enough. But also balancing that with knowing that there will be risks in every investment and how you can get your head around those and push yourself to be creative about managing those risks so that you can ultimately make an investment because you can typically find a reason not to do most investments, but this job is about balancing, finding those risks, evaluating them, and then figuring out ways to mitigate them so that you can move forward with an investment. I think that from the outside, at least, your firm, Sixth Street, has such a collaborative structure where everyone's going to have input into the investment and the decision is made collectively, more or less. I think that provides a really safe space for a risk-taking business. Do you agree? Is that a fair assessment? Yes, it is definitely a fair assessment. And it's part of what I love about our culture is I think everyone feels an ownership around every single investment that they make, not just the ones that they are leading or a part of. I'll never forget my first year here, we were going around the table investment committee and I kind of gave a little bit of a wishy-washy answer on whether I wanted to do it. And Alan, our CEO, looked at me and said, would you put your parents' retirement money in this investment? And it's just a moment I've never forgotten because that's how everybody at Sixth Street should think about every deal that we do. We all wear each other's risk. We all make decisions together. And we should all be thinking about putting money to work and things that we would put our own money into. So in the process of letting your own career unfold and looking for opportunities and trying to sense what you might be interested in and good at, did you get any great advice along the way that sticks in your head? I've had a lot of great mentors and a lot of great advisors along the way. One of those people happens to be um, our CEO, Alan Waxman, who's been a huge advocate of my career through my time at Sixth Street. But one little phrase that he gave me back when I was an associate and he could tell I was maybe a little bit more timid to speak up at investment committee or I had something that I wanted to say, but it was a really challenging skill for me to develop to speak up in a room full of people that I thought and knew were much smarter than me. Is He taught me this little saying that was, tap the wire. And what that means is if you've got something to say, or you think there's an opportunity you should take, walk up to the live electric, either fence or wire and get close to it and, you know, take the risk and you might tap it and you might get a little electrocuted, but that's okay. You'll keep moving and you'll learn from it, but don't be afraid to tap the wire and get close to it and take the risk. I just have these images of, you know, like old uh, cartoons where somebody gets electrified. You'll have an interesting frizzed out hairdo. So Jenny, you've talked about how important the influence of others have had on your career, starting with your dad. 
what about your own experiences with mentoring folks? Do you mentor those around you? And how do you do that? Do you have any advice for someone looking for a mentor or looking to be a good mentee and making the most of mentoring relationships? I am aware that I've been given a lot of great mentorship. And so I'm trying to give that back to the next generation of leaders at Sixth Street because I've seen how important that is in my life. And so continuing to develop our team, making sure they feel like they have opportunities, they have a place to come and ask questions and get advice is important to me. And it's something I'm very focused on within the consumer team and within the broader Sixth Street team, particularly within our our female investor population. It's something I'm very passionate about growing and developing because female mentors were really powerful for me. In terms of advice for people who want to be mentees, I, I would say the biggest piece of advice is when you're going to a mentor for questions or when you're having a session with them, always show up prepared. Um, I always had a long list of questions that I had for them that were business oriented and tactical. And I always tried to use every minute that I had with them as something that was going to help me solve problems or obstacles that I had. And then I would typically follow up with them like, you know, hey, you gave me this piece of advice. Here's how it went. I tapped the wire too hard or it went great. And thanks for the advice. Or is there any other advice you have for me given it didn't go so well? That feedback loop seems to provide a really great way to get people invested in, you know, whatever your situation is. Any other structures or organizational initiatives within Sixth Street that have provided support to other women in the industry? Yes. So Sixth Street, one of the very exciting things over my time here is we've developed out our support system for the female population within our business. So we did our first senior women's summit, which was very fun to get all the different senior leaders from the firm uh, really around the world together, which was very exciting. We have a great women's network. And then uh, we also have what we call our women's investing cohort, which is where all the female investors two or three times a year get together and one, build a community, but two, talk about very functional topics within our business. And we bring in experts from other areas of the business to help us develop those tactical skills to get ahead and have a differentiated learning experience to help boost our careers within the firm and externally. Yeah. And certainly just giving opportunities to women professionals is important in itself. But can you talk a little bit about, do you see the benefit in terms of decision-making or otherwise of having diverse teams? Particularly in consumer, you know, women are traditionally spending much more of the wallet than men. In a lot of the businesses that we look at, women are the core consumer. So, you know, we need to have a woman's voice in our investment committee, in our deal teams, um, doing diligence to make sure that we're hearing from the core consumer. You know, um, this is a, a funny example, but in Milan Laser, which is a laser hair removal business, 90% of their customers are women. So it's important that in the decision-making process, we have women as a part of that. That is a great observation. And Jenny, are there any other opportunities within the community that you've had to connect with other women in the area? Funny enough, Allison, not to give ropes a shameless plug, but this is the honest truth. You guys host the best women's events in San Francisco. Joe leads them. She does a great job. Liz is also a really big part of it. And it's just this great gathering of women, typically over a very fun dinner. Um, and it's been a place where I've met some really talented women that I still keep in touch with today. Always feel free, Jenny, to give us shameless plugs. 
And that's Chole and uh, Liz Gallucci that you mentioned are partners in our San Francisco office. It's really great to hear that that event has been so helpful and uh, enjoyable. So thanks so much for your time, Jenny. This has been a great conversation. Um, I'm always inspired to hear about successes of folks like you. Thanks, Allison. I really appreciate you having me on and um, your support for my career over the last several years. Allison, Jenny, thank you both so much for that insightful discussion. And as always, thank you to our listeners. For more information about Ropes and Gray in our Women's Forum, please visit www.ropesgray.com women. You can also subscribe to this series wherever you typically listen to podcasts, including on Apple and Spotify. Thanks again for listening.